The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Some gutters are always trying to ice skate uphill. Hey, you gorgeous people. Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Wow, episode 101, and uh, we brought a we brought a fan favorite back. Juliet Miranda, the horror fan herself, has decided to assail one of the most, I think, recently beloved horror films, A Quiet Place. Before we get to it, please follow us on Instagram. We need those follows. We are lagging in that department. And if you could also subscribe to us on YouTube at Gutting the Sacred Cow, we need to get our numbers boosted up. And if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. That's it. Enjoy the episode and thank you all for helping us get to episode 101 with Juliet Miranda. Gather round is what I know. It's just that I want an equal number of blueberries in every muffin. Do you know how long that's going to take? I don't care. I want an equal number of blueberries in every muffin. Kevin Israel, name that film. I forgot how much I hate this part of the, uh, of the podcast. Because I don't know. That one doesn't even... So it, a lot of times I'm like, ah, oh, I know I should know that one. That one doesn't even ring a bell. Wow. I know that one. Oh, let's go to our guest, the lovely Juliet Miranda coming back. How are you, my dear? Hi, y'all. Doing good. How about you? Magical. Do you know that quote? I do. It's from Casino. You're goddamn right it is. Robert De Niro. I haven't seen Casino in That is the most most quoted line in Casino, period. Shame on you. I, I, I don't feel bad about this one at all. You should you should self-flagellate as the guy did in Da Vinci Code, where the uh, albino whips himself. No, no self-mortification here. Nope. I say I want Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel back. I cannot begin to start telling all of you. First of all, thank you. We have now made it 100 episodes and counting by the time you have heard this. So for those yeah, of you, you look who- good for 100. <laughs> you do too, cutie pie. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining aboard this little pirate ship of tomfoolery and shenanigans and debauchery. Thank you for being a part of this. More shenanigans and debauchery to come. Juliet, as you know from previous episodes, like Scream, like Pretty in Pink, has chosen... And I, I think this is a, this is a pretty well loved film, Kevin Israel. Oh a, yeah, 
A Quiet Place. By the way, Juliet, super fan Katie Cohen, shout out, will not listen. She has still not listened to the episode of you doing Pretty in Pink because she loves that movie so much. And she does not want to hear it torn to ribbons, which you do so skillfully. Super fan Katie is a fool. Well, it doesn't sound like she's a super fan if she's not listening to the episode. Oh, Katie. Ooh. <laughs> fighting words. Someone just painted herself into a corner. A Quiet Place, 2018, budget of $17 million. A box office haul of 350.3. Fuck me. Wow. 2021 money put that $17.9 million budget, 370.1 million dollars. IMDB, as I hold my bourbon up for our friend of Bourbon Soap Diaries. IMDB, as you know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points to the lady in black, Juliet. What do you think a quiet place scored on the old IMDB? I'm guessing that one's got a solid eight. Solid eight, Kevin Israel. I'm going to go eight, eight, seven, five. Ooh. Wow. Shocking. Critics, as we all know, one through 100 on the old Rotten Tomatoes score. Kevin Israel, my loyal compatriot, compadre. I think uh, I think the, the critics really like this one. So I'm going to go 86. Juliet. I'm bumping up. I say 93. 96. Wow. wow. Audience score, Juliet, if you would be so kind. Well, let's see. So doing a little drunken math, I'm going to subtract from that IMDb score and give mm-hmm. this a 76. Kevin Israel. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going low. I'm going uh, 91. 83. Huh. Ooh. Very. Critics like this more than the audience. That's yeah. exactly what I was just about to say. Very surprising. Especially for a horror movie. A smart horror film. Not like Phantasm, as some people have been known to appreciate. <laughs> I never said it was a good movie. I said it's a movie I enjoy. It's fair. That's fair. And that is a very fair distinction. <laughs> Quotes? Nothing. There is absolutely nothing here. Quote worthy. There were literally, I wrote it down, 25 lines of dialogue. Wait, I got No, this. no, no. I got it. Okay, I think we're you're about up. to do the same thing. Okay, I Kevin guess. Israel, go ahead. You're up. Quotes, quote. Because I, I did pick this up, and I'm going to use it in the future. Please. That means stop in sign language. Apparently. He's chopping. <laughs> For those, being this is mostly oh, yeah. audio. Uh, you know what, I'm looking at the video. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try this out. He put his hands, palm face up, and his hand, like a chopping motion, into the hand. That was what we're doing here. Theater of the mind. Juliet, any quotes? Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll dialogue it. It's a finger in front of the lips going, shh. <laughs> Funny, didn't the Nazi say that to the Jew in Saving Private Ryan as he put a knife through his heart? Oh, yeah, that was one of the most brutal scenes. scenes. Creepy scenes. Uh, it was used effectively right there. Uh, yeah, well, that, 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 that'll send shivers up your fucking butthole watching that scene. Yeah, that's a rough scene to watch. You got to turn away with that one. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. John Krasinski played the monsters while wearing a motion capture suit. When they showed the first cut or so to a test audience, 
the audience was howling with laughter when that because they did not put the effects in. And here's John Krasinski running around going roar, roar with his hands and waving in the air, wearing a motion caption. Why would they show that to a test? How are you ever going to get a, any kind of read? Early cut, <laughs> early cut. The uh, Millicent Simmons, who played the daughter, has been deaf since birth due to a medication overdose. The original script had, want to take a guess of how many spoken lines of dialogue? <laughs> well, if this one had 25, mm-hmm. I'm going to say nine. Juliet. There was a writer on this. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes are flying in already. <laughs> guess any from you, Juliet? I, I got nothing. Ten. One. There was going to be one line of dialogue. But he, Krasinski changed it to 25 with the first line appearing at minute 38. Mm-hmm. Was that in the waterfall? Uh, sounds right, actually. Yeah, I think that was at the water. Ooh. Emily Blunt nailed the bathtub scene in one take. And when Krasinski yelled cut, she broke character by asking, what's everyone having for lunch? <laughs> Cheeky bastard. <laughs> Krasinski, this I thought was fantastic. Krasinski did a shot for shot remake scene from Jurassic Park where the T-Rex tries to eat the kids in the Jeep, but the glass saves them. When they're in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one went over like a fucking fart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll go fuck myself. Okay. Time for Ask a Gutter. Ask a gutter. You gotta ask a gutter. Behind the rant, ask what is for dinner tonight and when can I expect it? Uh, well, like I told him, it's cat food ravioli, and just as soon as I'm done here. <laughs> is that cat food and ravioli, or is that ravioli that's filled with cat food? Oh, it's ravioli filled with cat food. Uh, meow waka 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 uh delvin cox act at delvin cox ask i have a morning i have a question for you morning neurosis why do you and your husband intend on destroying every movie i love first the goonies now a quiet place should i just throw my tv out of the window next yes yes you should those are awful movies with the possible exception of goonies but otherwise sorry what do you want from us not i see as a, as, a, as a public safety announcement, I'm going to suggest that nobody throws their TV out the window, especially if you do not live on the first floor. I say. Thank Kirstie, you. at Kirstie LS22, our, our last from London, says, now I like a quiet place, but things do bug me. So I need opinions as how did the aliens get, how did the alien things get there when they can't see? And would it be better if they focused in on movement rather than noise? Also, why did the man in the in the woods fucking scream? Jackass move by that dude. Uh, I'll answer that, Kirsty. He wanted to die. That's yeah, why that he was, did that. <laughs> that was a suicidal <laughs> choice. That was a pretty in-your-face scene. There wasn't really a lot of interpretation to that. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well, as Julia, for the vibrations, yes. you know the vibrations? I think there's a better movie, and it's called Tremors. Oh, Kevin Bacon, you silly goose, you. Oh, love to, I do love Tremors. It's how many, it's an awesome movie. How many sequels have you seen of Tremors? I, I've only seen the original. <laughs> they were really? about three. There were about yeah. three or four. There was a TV show TV. too. Yes, and Star- I think they're making. They're doing a remake now. Great. No. Which, oh, yeah. Well, you don't come need. On. Just go watch the original. 
Watch they a had, pole vault around the desert. You can also watch Michael P. Keaton's dad co-star with Kevin Bacon in that film. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the best in it. Him and Reba. I mean, those two are the uh, best duo on film. That ever. wall of guns made oh. every 80s kid heart pitter. Yeah, absolutely. Almost, almost as cool as the gun shed in Commando, Kevin Israel. Yeah, almost, almost. Speaking of super fan Katie Cohen, A Quiet Place, Emily Blunt deserves an Oscar for giving birth in a tub and stepping on a nail without making a sound. What have you done lately? She didn't really step on the nail. Yeah, that that didn't (laughs) really happen. And that's actually a point I'm going to bring up later in this. uh, Ray Sicanis of the Who Would Win show, one of our favorite podcast friends to support, says stylistic action slash horror is one of my favorite genres. How does A Quiet Place compare to you? To similar films like Bird Box and Pitch Black. I hated Bird Box. I thought it was a piece of trash. Um, and I never saw Pitch Black. I never saw Bird Box because everyone pooped on it. So why waste time? And Pitch Black, I saw in the theater. And I remember not much except Vin Diesel wearing glasses. That's it. Well, I saw both of those movies. Okay. <laughs> and Bird Box was a piece of shit. Bird shit, to be specific. Oh, um, and oh, <laughs> and and uh, shocker. Pitch Pitch Black was great. I loved Pitch Black. I thought they made they made a sequel, and I believe they're making a third one. Yeah, no, they're making that'll be a fourth one actually. <laughs> well, fuck me, I'm wrong. Yeah. Last question from uh, Brandon Oglesby, you know, aka the Brandon Recapper at Newark Night. For Juliet, who are the better final girl duo, the mother and daughter from A Quiet Place or Sydney and Gail from Scream and why? (laughs) I love Brandon because he does his fucking homework. (laughs) Give the man credit. Well, I got to hand it to him for that. And it's definitely not Quiet Place. Those two do absolutely nothing. Uh, So I will have to begrudgingly give it to Sydney because at least she made an effort. I forgot one. Bowling for Behave asks, how did the family have power while keeping it quiet in a quiet place? That was something that I wondered, too, because of these little creatures running around are so sensitive to sound. Why are they not hearing the humming of every single appliance running in that basement? So I don't know. I got nothing. I assume, and this is obviously an assumption, that if unless they go tra- they trash the... Um, you know, the grid, everything is as is, you know, it's pretty automated. It's not like, I don't know. I don't know anything about power. We should ask John Kirshner about that, Kevin Israel. And that's all I know. I'm pretty sure he doesn't know anything either. Fair point. I've seen his handiwork. That being said, <laughs> it is now time, Kevin Israel, for Juliet to try and go, what, two for three? As she tries to gut the... Gut. the- Sacred cow. <laughs> We're a little rusty. A little Jinx, rusty. God damn it, Jinx. <laughs> How gay are we? You know, your show title never changes. You guys should have this down. <laughs> Someday when we're fancy enough to have like audio, we'll just have, you know, someone screaming it for us. And a producer. <laughs> oh, there you go. That usually helps. Oh, help. uh, well, guys, you know, I got to say, 
just normally, I'm a huge fan of creature features. I love them. But this one just rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it kind of comes down to the fact that I genuinely believe most audiences and especially modern day horror fans are a bunch of fucking pussies. They don't like being scared. They don't like being uncomfortable. And this is why we get garbage movies like A Quiet Place, where you've got these shitty creatures, the plot sucks, and you genuinely hope everybody dies. (sighs) You're just making me angry already. (laughs) (laughs) You chose this. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm just so frustrated by this movie because it actually, it kind of starts off pretty strong. You know, you've you've got this scene where the family's kind of, you know, tiptoeing through the woods and uh, you're not quite sure what's happening. There's a bit of tension that builds. And then you see that little kid get you know snatched away by an angry monster. That's cool. But (laughs) what made that scene work (laughs) is lost on the rest of the movie because there isn't any tension. And you know what's going to happen because they map out the entire plot on a whiteboard in the first fucking five minutes of the movie. When you go down to the little basement laboratory, there's that whiteboard there. It says everything you need to know. It tells you how many of the creatures there are. It tells you what's wrong with them and why they can't, you know, why they're afraid of them. So now that you know all of this, what are you supposed to be afraid of? And you know that there are three of these creatures running around, which is not a scary number. And just to really drive home the lack of plot, they put a big red circle around the big question of the movie, like, you know, a third grade reading exam. And it says, what is their weakness? If you don't know the weakness of these fucking monsters within the first five minutes of the movie, I kind of hope you get eaten like that little kid did, because it is so obvious and what you are left with is essentially jurassic park with mimes it's appreciating <laughs> excellent well sound done. bite <laughs> that makes a cut without a question <laughs> that's what it is you've got these big old monsters running around and a bunch of people softly crying in a corner and what really bugged me is that the creatures are a direct ripoff of Starship Troopers. They are. You know they are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And maybe that's not the greatest movie in the world, but at least we get... That film is amazing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a badass movie that's got a great payoff, which is what Quiet Place completely lacks. I mean, at least in Starship Troopers, you get swarms of creatures, really mean, nasty creatures, which will essentially skull fuck you before they eat you. But in Quiet Place, I mean, essentially, I think this is the only movie I've ever seen where a dog whistle can kill the creatures and you don't even get the satisfaction of seeing them die. Not that anybody really figures out how to do that until the very end, which I don't understand. It's simple logic. If these creatures are so sensitive to sound, like if, if a fart will send them running in your direction, how does nobody not realize that you can just blow their eardrums out? I mean, the government's been working on crowd control with uh, sound waves for decades. It's a simple solution. Instead, these idiots are lining their sidewalks with sand. That's not the answer. <laughs> sand is always the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Make a beach party. That's what I'm talking about. All they had to do is play insane clown posse, and this swinging would have been solved in 25 <laughs> minutes. 
would have been far more satisfying. <laughs> oh, she's a juggalo, Kevin. I got it. <laughs> it all comes out. Doesn't it? I know. Always here on the on your show. So we know that there are only three monsters, three of them, and they only, for whatever reason, attack at one time. So, okay, you're, you're walking up the stairs, which, by the way, has a giant nail jutting out of it, but that's okay. You're not wearing shoes. You don't care. Um, <laughs> why does only one creature come running at a time? I, shouldn't they all come running? Do they all not hear the sounds? It, it just it makes no sense to me. <laughs> And as for that fucking nail, if you need to be quiet and you're sanding all of your sidewalks and you're sanding a path into town, wouldn't it also make sense to sand your floorboards too? Or at least, I don't know, look for splinters and nails and things like that. And they focus in on it so closely that they completely eliminate the sense of fear when somebody steps on it because you know it's going to happen. And I think the biggest annoyance in this movie is the fact that the chick gets knocked up. (laughs) Who decides to have a child in the middle of an alien invasion? (laughs) I mean, do they not have condoms in the apocalypse? It's the noisiest thing that you can bring into this world. It's the one thing that can get you killed. And yet they decide, let's have a baby. Meanwhile... to to control this little kid. They have to raise it like a veal. They stuff it in a box. They devoid it of oxygen and they let it cry it out. I mean, this kid's going to have so many issues when it grows up. It's ridiculous. So ultimately, I just, I have to wonder, what is this movie about? Because you really don't get any sense of a plot. You never know where the monsters came from, why they're there, what they want. All you see is into this one severely dysfunctional family. You've got these obnoxious kids, you know, one who goes on a pouty, crying jag and decides, I'm going to go see my brother's grave. And she stomps out of the house. You've got another kid who's afraid of his own shadow and doesn't want to go fishing with dad. And then you've got the dumbass mother who decides she's going to have a baby in a bathtub, which is the single most unbelievable scene in this entire movie, because you've got an alien who can, you know, walk up the stairs. How is it possible that she has one stepped on a nail and then two popped out a kid and this alien doesn't ever notice. I don't get it. I don't understand how any of this happens. This whole movie is devoid of logic. It has no sense. And I really, really, really would have wished that everyone died. Horrible. I'm done. Wowie. Just fucking bombs. And I love how Juliet always just has, for those of you who always want to go, well, how do I get on the show? What makes a successful gutter? This bullet points. Argument. One, two, three, four, five. That with jokes, that helps too. That is how you do it. But did Ta-da. she do it? Did she do a, it? Kevin Israel. Box. Which okay. I like the the veal boxes. That, God damn. Does she write does she is she a writer, you think? I don't know. Oh that could gosh. be a, huh. that could be a that could be a possible career, you know. If uh, if housewife doesn't pan out, boy, this writing thing's got your name written all over. Yeah, I'll think about <laughs> that. I'll ask my husband. I'll see what he says. Well, you're not allowed to talk in Sharia law, I've heard. <laughs> That's what the hand gestures are for. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kevin, would you like to go first? Or should yeah, I take I'll, this one? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Please do. So 
and and typically it's Kevin who takes all of my points, but this time Juliet really just tore through all of my points. But I'll start with this. If you saw the sequel, the sequel starts with a scene, spoilers, that's set right when the uh, when these things land, when these things crash land and you find out like what they are because like Juliet said, you don't know what these things really are. You don't even know if they're aliens. Um that scene should have been in this movie. That's the movie should have started off with that scene. First of all, it was a great scene and mm-hmm. it it rather it told rather it, it showed rather than told and it did a very good job of it. So I really feel like they almost put that scene in the sequel because they realized the shortcoming, that shortcoming of this movie is uh, that people want to know. And I'm, and I get that, like, we don't have to be spoon fed everything, but I call this almost the, uh, the walking dead syndrome where that show has been on for 12 seasons now or something. And people still don't know what caused the virus. And, and if you bring that up to a real fan, they'll go, well, you don't need to know. That's not the point. All right. It's not the point in the first three or four seasons. You get to 12 seasons. Tell me what the fuck this is about. And this movie is the same thing. Like, if, if these are aliens, how are they advanced aliens? They don't seem to. They seem to be pretty much just animals, just predator-type animals moving around, just killing things. And why are they killing things? Are they eating the people? They don't seem to be eating the people because the old lady that they found was just killed and left. So they're not eating them. So why are they killing them? And if they're trying to kill everybody, they're not really doing a very good job of killing everybody. So that said, the, the movie starts with a wall of missing posters. When did they have time to do that? Who had time to make missing posters during a vicious alien slaughter attack? Somebody had time to and hang them up like we're going to find these people. They're and not how did missing. they print them out? <laughs> exactly. They're not missing. They're dead. If you had to put up, make a missing family poster, they're dead. Just move on. Um, uh, let me get over my notes. They can't go to Kinko's in the middle of a fucking apocalypse. You sure about that? <laughs> it's a soundproof Kinko's. I see. So if you don't know what Chekhov's gun is, it's a no, theory I that do- says- motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker. It's a theory that says in a play, if there's a gun hanging over a mantle, by the end of the movie, somebody's going to shoot that gun. And in this movie, there's Chekhov's spaceship and Chekhov's nail. Because the minute they showed that spaceship, I remember in the movie theater thinking, well. Somebody's going to use that. Some, that's going to go off and somebody's going to die. And I didn't really know what the movie was about at that point, but it was so obvious. And then when she when she catched it, I can't remember what she caught on the step that pulled the nail up. But then they like focus really in on the nail. And it's like, all right, we get we like now you're just making me feel stupid. Yeah. Hey, because, dummies, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> get it? Get it? They should have had a, like a cartoon arrow over the nail going. It's right here. Some shit's going to happen. But I will say this. When she stepped on it, I still went, ah, motherfucker, because I stepped on a splinter once that went through my foot. And and the fact that she didn't scream when that happened, because I screamed like a like a <laughs> like Get a it in now, dog. motherfucker, <laughs> like a kick dog. It was it, it, that's just ridiculous. And there's so many and there are just tons. I get it's a cool concept. It's a very cool concept, but there are so many plot holes in this in this movie as far as so how are you never making any noise like ever? And if these creatures entire mode of sensory perception was hearing or sound, how come they couldn't hear heartbeats? How come they had to wait? If they could hear that good, they would know somebody was nearby by their heartbeat or just by their breathing. They wouldn't need you to you know make a noise or step on a twig or something, which, by the way, that sand was lined with leaves. That should have been loud enough. Any one of those to to 
to get one of these creatures to come over. So that, that really, really bothered me. And it, it, if, if you're going to rely on something that heavily, it really has to make sense across the board. Um, and these, and by, and this family, I don't remember if they ever said what John Krasinski did before this. And I don't think they did in the sequel either. He must have been MacGyver because the amount of ingenuity it took for this family to survive. If that was me, I would have lasted exactly six hours. <laughs> they came up. He came up with more shit. Just the, 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 the baby coffin respirator device that they came up with. Right. Who the hell thought of that? And had the, like, it's crazy. And then he was making hearing aids for his daughter. Who can make hearing aids? He's like, well, I took the woofer out of the speaker and I'm trying. What? I'd be like, sorry, we can do, we can do the chopping motion. We can, that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to communicate from now on. Hold on. If Howard Stern can figure out how to make a woman come by putting the speaker upside down and have her straddle with her pussy on top. Why can't, why can't Krasinski do the same for a hearing aid? Such a great scene. Isn't it? (laughs) My God. (laughs) And where were they getting all the sand from these paths, by the way? They lived out in like farm country. Where were yeah. they getting all this sand from? How far did they have to go to get the sand just to make the paths? They were in town. I'm sure there's a hardware store in town. And they're constantly carrying sand. That sounds. That does suck. That, that sucks. Carrying sand. Ugh. And the scene, the scene with the sun and the, and the waterfall and the river and everything. So you've lived now. Uh, was, I th- think it ends up being about three years uh, when they get to the final point in the movie. You've lived all this time being so super careful and you're going to trust the noise from a waterfall to scream after you've been yelling at your whole family to be quiet for so long. I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't trust anything. He, that was, in, that was absolutely ridiculous. And w- the waterfall wasn't that big. It's not like he was behind the uh, Niagara Falls. It was his little waterfall. If he screamed, those things with their super hearing would have heard them. And again, I get what they were trying to do. But it just didn't add up when you're making these creatures who are supposed to have this super, super extrasensory hearing. How many movies have featured a victim running through a cornfield? I feel a like that's lot. that's like that. Yeah. I, I, if, if, if you ever find yourself lost in a cornfield, you should just go, well, I'm about to die because there's, there's been. <laughs> what was the first one? North by Northwest? Yeah. <laughs> cornfields are, are the most deadly places in movies next to like meat grinders or something i don't know <laughs> but i was i was surprised i was surprised that a movie like this that's you know has followed so many other movies that they went with the with the cornfield chase who was the better sacrifice john krasinski or randy quaid in independence day I say Randy Quaid. Oh, absolutely. You are 100% right on that (laughs) one. And he got a tagline. Krasinski didn't do anything. And and that brings up another point. Krasinski, he didn't even run. He could have at least run. He could have given himself a shot. The thing would have still come after him. But he could have just started running and then screamed and and maybe given up a chance. Just something. Instead, he just stands there. And I get that there's a point that he's supposed to sacrifice himself. And he's finally telling his deaf daughter that he loves her and and that whole thing. But he could have done that and run. I would have. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm a pussy. I don't know. But I would maybe I would (laughs) I would have given my I would have given myself a little chance, like a little bit of a fighting chance. The. The, uh, the, the, the summation to all of this is, and, and Juliet made this point, but I need to make it because it's bothered me forever. The government has 
hundreds, if not thousands of scientists working on a variety of defense and attack technologies. You mean to tell me these things landed and they're clearly deaf. It said it in the newspapers everybody knew and not a single person thought of the Mars attacks defense. Like that's what they, that, that stupid alien movie that's what they did to kill all the aliens. They figured it out in that movie. Not a single, not a single government official, nobody in the military, DARPA, anywhere was like, hey, let's just play some high frequency sound and see what happens. Maybe this will work. That blew my mind. It just, and, and a deaf kid with a stereo system figured it out. It drove, that drives me so crazy about this movie that I, I can't even begin to explain it to you. And well, again, you just did. Yeah. Well, I'm still, I'm still not, don't feel that I'm making myself clear. All of that said, I saw this, when I saw the first saw this movie, I, I enjoyed it. They did a great job with tension. The movie's tense the entire time. You feel the tension the whole time. A lot of it's the sound, the, the, the soundtrack. And they did a really good job making you feel what these people were going through. There's not a ton of plot. There's not a ton of story. And even at the end, I, I I definitely didn't want a sequel out of this movie, but I enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater. And like I said, when I came out of the theater, I never wanted had it. I never thought I'd want to see it again. You got it. You got the point of the movie. There wasn't a lot to go back to revisit to be like, oh, this was such a great scene when the little boy with the spaceship gets eaten by the alien. Let's watch that again. But on rewatch, the movie does not hold up very well. There are tons of tons of plot holes, as Juliet so artfully pointed out, and. It's it, it the, the tension is lost because you already know everything that's going to happen. So building that tension up again on rewatch just doesn't happen. So while I did enjoy it and I don't hate this movie, I don't think it was nearly as great as the critics made it out to be and as everybody lauded it to be. And the fact that it made three hundred million dollars off a seventeen million dollar budget is just astounding to me. I think that's just the power of John Krasinski, not so much this movie. This movie, but. So Wait, me. hold on, hold on, hold on. The power of John Krasinski. Exactly what has John Krasinski yeah. done to get your ass in a movie theater prior to this people, morning? People love John Krasinski. In the Why? office, but this shows nothing. This yeah. is not even close to the same genre. So he has if a, someone, he, go what? on Reddit. Go on Reddit and search John Krasinski. People lose their shit over John Krasinski. There's a petition to get John Krasinski to be uh, in Fantastic Four that's been going around now. As Reed since, Richards? Yes, to be Reed Richards. Yeah. I mean, people, John Krasinski is just one of those guys that's, that's got like meme fame to him. He could, uh, it's, it's very strange, but there, he does have a huge, huge following fan base and maybe not, maybe it wasn't as big at the, as this movie, but I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing that I could use to explain the amazing success of this movie because there's been a lot of movies. Oh, one more point that I want to make. I forgot about this one. I don't like when, and I guess you could call it the stormtrooper effect and the MCU now has it too. When you just say, all right, you guys are bad guys. You all look alike. You have no individual personality. There's no nothing. You all just kind of look alike. MCU did this in the first in the first Avengers movie with the uh, Tarathi, Tarathi, I can't remember the names. They all, they're, they're, just, they're just basically factory-made bad guys for the good guys to mow down. And with a movie like this, and that's why I loved Predator so much. Predator, there was one bad guy. He looked awesome. He was scary. He was threatening. And he had an individual, individual personality to him. These are just kind of dopey looking generic monsters. Like you said, whether from storm, storm trooper, storm ship troopers or any other movie that just rolls out hordes of alien monsters to kill the good guys. And I, I, I just wish movie makers would stop doing that. Like creatures don't all look alike. Even if you get 
four giraffe together. They're not all going to look alike. Like these creatures were all identical and they continue to be identical in the sequels. So I think if you give sometimes these, these bad guys, these monsters, a little bit of individuality makes them more relatable because humans look different and pretty much every creature does. So that I think, I think that's almost weak storytelling. It's just like, ah, just make them look creepy and the audience will, will jump and we'll make a ton of money, which they did. Anyway, for me, this movie is a five of 10. I want you to explain to me what personality the predator had go. The predator, the, his, predator. His, his, his look, he's, I mean, everybody's recreated the look of the, the look of the predator. I don't mean he, I don't mean I like, I know whether or not he likes long walks on the beach. I didn't get to have that conversation. <laughs> with or him. pina coladas. You <laughs> but, no, no, no. There's a clearly, personality. He, he's a hunter. That's yeah, why he was clearly, he's cool. He was clearly committed to, to, to killing all these people for no other reason other than sport. And he hunted down. And then at the end, at what personality he had, he laughed at Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was about to blow himself up with a nuclear bomb. Clearly, he, all he cared about was winning. And in the end, he thought he was going to win. So, yeah, fuck you. Predator had a personality. <laughs> he didn't say a word. That's not personality. Doesn't have, you have Any to person. say words to be per- – <laughs> our whole <laughs> mute audience is very upset. It, 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 it kind of helps to have a little bit of – dialogue to understand what no, you can think. absolutely oh, communicate personality with that swagger. dialogue. He had swagger by personality. Swagger. Look, is he he's not robotic like a fucking stormtrooper like you had mentioned before. That I completely give, but personality uh, it's, it's a generous generous adjective. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com where every day you can find mystical articles. Like that doesn't happen. Like, you know, the predator having a personality, that doesn't happen. Oh, this is going to be an ongoing one, isn't it? Trailer to our, our new section trailer. What's it called? Trailer talk trailer. What? What would you call that one? I we, forgot what I call God it. damn it. I, we don't need this shit. <laughs> Where we watch a trailer and say, it's going to be good or not just from the trailer. And we base our entire opinion on 90 seconds. By the way, I'm very scared for the Matrix trailer. Very scared. Did you watch it? I, of course I watched oh. it five times. And Dookie has a psychiatrist. I said, oh, we're in trouble already. We are in fucking trouble. GuttingTheSacredCow.com every day. Don't forget, leave a review and, of course, subscribe to us on YouTube. And while you're at it, pull out your phone and smash that subscribe button on Instagram because Lord knows our numbers stink there. Notes. The deaf daughter looks like the kid from Stranger Things, but without the lisp and missing teeth. That is an immaculate call. Thank you. I've been known to have <laughs> I those. definitely That definitely went yeah. through my mind while yeah. I was watching it tonight. Thank you. As comics, we would be in the first group that gets killed because we sure as shit can't go that long without being that quiet. Can you sign language for so long while asking, is this funny? Or let me run that by you. Also, other groups to go first, Italians, Jews, and black people. The last two groups to last the longest, Asians and mimes, the quietest. I know Kevin Israel became instantly rock hard as he saw all those gross, dirty feet walking on sand. Oh, I forgot the feet. I forgot I know. Lots of feet. Uh, a lot of feet. I forgot my, it was this, that was, and all I could think of, do these people ever wash their feet? No. Did, I guess John, John Kaczynski let Ke, uh, Quentin Tarantino guest direct for a scene or two. Thanks for knowing me better than I know me, Kev. A hundred episodes plus later, <laughs> these things come out. So let me get this straight. So sex is pretty much out during the middle of this alien invasion. God forbid if you have a screamer on your hands. So you, Juliet, you two bed breakers would be dead after first contact. <laughs> That's how yeah, you that only it. happens in Disney World. 
That's how you write a joke. In the middle of an apocalypse, you've decided to knock up your wife. I've seen better life choices made at a tattoo parlor in Cancun. How many people would off themselves due to boredom and inability to live this lifestyle? I don't think, Ken, I know you're, I know you're in that first or second group to kill yourself. I think I'd go midway and go, you know what? This just isn't really working out. That or I'd fire a foghorn next to my wife and run. Just find a really deep, a deep uh, basement. Go live there. Like, there were other options. We're podcasters. We have soundproof studios. We're going to make it a little while. <laughs> yeah. Until they hear me scream, that doesn't happen. <laughs> this apocalypse would be good for one thing. Ridding the planet of monsters who chew with their mouth open, scrape their teeth on their fork while eating, and crackle their chewing gum. You people should be the first to be eviscerated. I add someone to that? You sure I can. This weekend. Please. People who in public talk on their speakerphone. <gasps> yes! Oh, 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 oh. Why? why? I, was, I was on an elevator on Saturday. And this guy got on and he was talking to, I guess, his girlfriend on his speakerphone. And then while we're in the elevator, I had to hear her whole story, how she was pissed off at her sister for not wanting to go on some trip with. And I was like, I was like, I feel like you were just inviting me to start commenting. I would. I, I do that. I do that. People they had their phone out. I'll start having a conversation with the person on the phone. And the guy would go, what? I go, well, if you're being that rude, I can be ruder. <laughs> Monopoly is the last game you would ever try and play in silence. Because mm-hmm. how many how many times has this game ended with "fuck this" and the board <laughs> being thrown across the room? Monopoly ended more families than Trump. The election. I was just going to say, there you go. See, <laughs> tie tie goes to the runner. Uh, it's a fool's errand to try and make Emily Blunt look like a regular gal. She's fucking stunning. Nice try, Hollywood. She's still a Vegas eight and a half, nine, no matter how you slice it. Can you imagine homeschooling in complete silence for three and a half months when my daughter was home from kindergarten? It was nothing but my wife yelling, stop running around, focus, and stop crashing daddy's Zoom meetings telling his coworkers how big your poop is. She did that, true. And this is why the Asians continue to kill us. Here's my answer to getting rid of these aliens. What if everyone played white noise at the same time? Wouldn't that just put them in a perpetual state of confusion? I'm sure anything at a loud volume. These were the easiest to kill monsters. ever. Exactly. Uh, Emma, as I said, Emma Stone, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, not yelling motherfucker while stepping on a nail or giving (laughs) birth is the biggest that doesn't happen since Michael Sarah landed Emma Stone in Superbad. <laughs> since they're all walking around barefoot, I guess they got rid of all Legos in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't sne- like sneakers are fucking silent? Or, you know? or, those, or those creepy Anything. little toe shoes. You see the oh, toe yeah. shoes people wear? Oh, the jerk-offs at the gym, like the one guy who's doing squats wearing those? Yeah, you're cool. I see your phalanges. That's some hot Bring shit. Bring my feet closer to the floor. Yeah, man. My metatarsals are getting to work out, too. Suck my dick. <laughs> the aliens look like someone from the makeup department or sorry the, the, the special effect department from starship troopers and aliens decided to get drunk together it has to be tough though in fairness to be coming up with a design for a new alien because everything's been fucking done uh pregnant with a hole in your foot without making a sound right i've heard people make more noise watching tv let me get this straight so if i ever fall through and into a corn silo all I have to do is stand on the door and say the words seem, seem, salabim, like Haji from Johnny Quest 
to magically levitate out of said silo. How the fuck did he get out of that silo? Can we can we address that, please? I'm waiting. I found it obnoxious that the thing managed to tear a hole through the wall of the silo, but then couldn't get into the pickup truck. Fair. Fair. The ending is as plausible as one could make it in the situation. I saw this in the theater, maybe a couple, a few days after opening day, and I always go to the movies at the same time, 11 a.m. on a Friday, when there's no one in the theater. So it, it, this worked when it was just six people. And thank God those six people shut the fuck up. No popcorn chewing. Well, the worst food you could have in a theater, chopping on popcorn. What's next? Fucking pop rockets. And the tension worked, as Kevin Israel said. The editing was quick, and I, it left me wanting for more, which we got with part two. However, this does not pass the remote test because, like the Hateful Eight, you have to be in from jump to be fully vested in this to fully appreciate. You can't just go, oh, here's the part in the silo where they get out of the fucking corn. <laughs> no, no, no. I still like this film. I do. Is it as amazing as it's made out to be? It is not. But I still give it a six and a half out of ten. Good. Like the sequel. And fuck, do they have me? I've, they've got my 15 bucks for part three. I hate to tell you. I'm looking forward to that. Juliet's like, no. Never, never, never. I blame okay. you for every shitty movie that comes out after it. By the, by the way, my wife is six months pregnant. And she can't get out of a chair without making some noise. And she doesn't even know she's making it. But she's constantly going, ugh. <sighs> and it, so the pregnant person is least suited to survive in this hostile landscape. <laughs> I think that's just your wife's way of reminding you of saying, you put this here. <laughs> you mongrel. And now it's time for the people who really love this film, the Critics Five Star Reviews. 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 A Quiet Place is a film that will satisfy horror fans, but its family drama also gives it a broader appeal. Either way, it's a quietly chilling experience that you won't soon forget. Mm -hmm. Rather generic, but okay. Connection and heartstrings at such a level are rarely seen in any horror film. Had this person not seen Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors? Hmm? Hey, that's a good movie. I fucking love that film. That's the best out of them all. I, you can argue one and three are the best. Well, but the rest one of is arms, right, yeah. Three, but three is goddamn good. Yeah. Especially when he manages to pick up Patricia Arquette, considering what size she's at now, and cracks her head into a TV. That's <laughs> solid. Uh, uncluttered and low-key, it's a unique and unsettling horror film. A Quiet Place is a fantastic movie-going experience, especially if you watch it in a crowded theater. No, it's not. Conan, there's no one there. The filmmaking is so on point that you'll find yourself also being completely silent in your seat. I put out two copies. Good. Critics, one-star reviews. You know you make me wanna. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. And critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. (laughs) A Quiet Place is a sleep-inducing movie that strains credulity. Family is the be all and end all and love is the family and love of family is the cure all. I would say this is anything but sleep inducing. Yeah. This isn't sleep induced. You can, you can make it. Yeah. 
someone's trying to get interesting with their reviews again. You're so cute. After a promising opening, the holes in the film's conceit and its general flimsiness becomes increasingly problematic. Fair. A Quiet Place is so unmoored from anything like subtext or complexity that without a keenly intelligent and efficient script, its seams start to show almost immediately. Don't believe the hype. Who wrote this? Flavor Flav? A A Quiet Place is a plot hole filled waste of time. Scary? Not even close. The groupthink virus continues to consume so-called critics yeah boy amazon five-star reviews amazon 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 five-star reviews amazon five-star reviews come for you it puts any of stephen king's film to shame honestly whether you want to call it a horror or a sci-fi film it is really good this is one film definitely worth watching and i caught myself bringing my arms up to my body in horror, I got so unnerved. That oh, hasn't happened in a very long time. Oh, my. <laughs> well, first of all, comparing to Stephen King's movies, most of, Steve, the, most of the, the versions of Stephen King's books that became movies were, were bad. And Stephen yes. King would even admit that. Yeah. It's only been, I mean, Shawshank Redemption and A Green Mile were, were, were solid movies. Shawshank was an amazing movie. But most of his horror movies that didn't work out in, in movie form. So make, it, that's, a, it, that's like a weak comparison it part i like it part one it part one part one was you're absolutely right it part one was fantastic it part two is an egregious piece of shit it's just awful (laughs) (laughs) misery pretty good as well that's good i like misery. yeah yeah and you know what a lot of times i think his stories that don't have as much supernatural in them work out better i don't have kids but i have seen the horror stories some of my nieces and nephews have put their whole families through and that's and so that's why i recommend the following Get got a ridiculously over rebellious 12 to 14 year old. This film would be great freaking family therapy. That makes no sense. I think this is used as a scare tactic is what this person's saying. Shut up or the aliens are going to come eat your dad. Wow. That could be a bonus in some cases. I bet Wilson Phillips thought of the same idea as well. Did she write this review? <laughs> no, you know what? You show this to your kids and you say, you say, you see what he did for his kids? I wouldn't have done that for you. <laughs> you got knocked up in the back of a bowling alley bathroom and mommy's too pussy to have an abortion. <laughs> no, need, no need for a plethora of four letter words and off color language. No need for the sex nor the graphic violence. A quiet place didn't even need words for the most part and still floors you. <laughs> I think a good four-letter word would definitely be need to be screamed when someone's about to take your fucking head off. I think that would be suitable. But who am I to say? Because our podcast has said, I love your podcast, but too many cuss words. Four stars. Five. The mo- <laughs> Sorry, I alienated our four-star <laughs> and it fan. Just, yeah, it just dropped down to three and a half stars. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> oh, by the way, quick aside. Kev, I don't know if you saw this today, but Ju- Juliet, I'll share. Some dickhead wrote, hey, the podcast, I give it three stars because I'm having trouble downloading it from Apple. Oh, you have total control over Apple. Clearly, it's yeah. all your fucking fault. What, one, guy, one guy wrote, and he gave the best analogy ever. I laughed my ass off. The guy goes, what an asshole. Like, that's like giving a restaurant three stars and then giving it three stars because you got into a car accident on the way to said restaurant. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. 
The next one, the movie pushes the limits of visual storytelling with zero dialogue throughout its entirety. I am absolutely astonished at its <sighs> wrong use of you, wrong spelling of its use of cinematographic, cinematographic, track. Why can I say that right? I've been saying it all fucking day. Use your words. Cinematographic techniques. To, I said it all day <laughs> to portray to portray the events in elaborative yet intriguing way. It leaves just enough to be inferred, yet shows the perfect amount of information, keeps you looking at every item in each shot. Contrary to, contrary to every modern blockbuster, this film concentrates on narrative and substance over flashy effects and gimmicks with a very minimal soundtrack. By the way, it's not a soundtrack. It's a score, silly goose. Soundtracks are yeah, songs. Soundtrack too. <laughs> you did. I was going to correct you. So now I'm correcting you. It's a score. Small cast and very limited settings. The movie is extremely believable and the personalities of the characters and even the world are magnified. Written by I Jerk Off Into Silly Fans 99 at Netscape.net. And, and this movie didn't have a great narrative. No. It, it has I, zero narrative. It's shit. It's called shit's happening. What do we do? Yeah. Amazon one star reviews. 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 Also, who has a baby in this environment and they happen <laughs> to have the quietest baby ever? A shotgun blast is fired in the same room and not a peep. The whole. The whole hearing aid is the creature's Achilles heel was done in 2009 in Feast Part 3. Juliet, know anything about that one? I have no idea what that is. Feast? Feast, F-E-A-S-T. Sounds like this is the director of Feast Part 3, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Only that movie thrived on. Thrived on. We're using the word thrived for a movie that's about... 25 you know, DVDs deep in the bargain bin at, at fucking uh, Best Buy. Only that movie thrived on and had fun with it. Absurdity. I'm always weary of PG-13 horror, but this was so well received. $9 down the tubes. It's no surprise that Michael Bay was involved with, with this travesty. The guy has a sordid history with horror movies and remakes. Nine bucks, he got off cheap. Besides Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which Michael Bay produced, what else did he do? Horror movies. Transformers 2, 3, 4, 5. Those were all fucking scary shit to pay money for. Still angry. Those were tragedies. The a Greek tragedy is not the word I would even <laughs> use to describe my yeah, I don't level. know that he's done. He hasn't done a lot of horror. Yeah, I don't recall either. This was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. I did not mind so much that the actors really talked, but used sign language instead. But it had no plot, really. No explanation of what was after them or why. How they came to be living in the situation they were in. And the ending was dumb, to say the least. I threw away the DVD after watching it. No, you didn't. <laughs> How many holes in this movie? Too many to even finish watching, let alone chronicle here. Day 472, and the family lives among perfectly machine-planted cornrows. How does that happen in silence? I happen to think for a living, and this garbage is it not even worth 30 minutes of my wasted mind or time. Signed, John Deere. <laughs> I didn't notice the cornrows, but apparently. That's an excellent point yeah. yeah and who's picking all that corn i mean just pulling one of those things off the stock i mean that's noisy business especially eating said corn there you go 
come on, this is ridiculous. You're telling me with our government, all the deadly crap they have and the smartest brains in the world working for them, they couldn't come up with a sound trap cage to kill these things. This has to be one of the dumbest ideas for a movie ever. Also, make sure you you never fart, cough, sneeze, throw up, etc. So many loopholes, it's utter stupidity. Besides that, it's so boring to watch, I can't keep my eyes open. That I, I, w- I would agree with every state by the sentence except that last one. You can't say it's boring. It, especially not on first watch. So dull and boring, I decided to do something more stimulated. stimulating. I started reading the phone book. Why can't we give zero wow. stars to a movie? Liar, they don't make phone books anymore. Ha, caught you. Uh, they could be my parents. They still have phone books from the 80s. Okay. How about they current making those? Do they really? <laughs> what, are they fucking hoarders? They moved them with them. Apparently, my dad was using one as a table leg, and it made into a, into a box, and then it just stuck. Quick, honey, can you guess the Friday night lineup for uh, on a Friday night on channel on CBS? <laughs> Dukes of Hazard at eight. Falcon <laughs> Crest at eight thirty. Dallas at nine. I don't know. Falcon <laughs> Crest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> We're not even that old. We watched Dukes of Hazard as kids. John Schneider was my first crush. Was he? Yep. He's a handsome man. He's still a good looking guy. Yeah, he is. Roscoe P. Coltrane was mine. I mean, Daisy Duke. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Coltrane. Oh, my God. (laughs) And Flash. They had a Dukes of Hazard game for PlayStation. I owned it. It was terrible. Kevin Israel, did Juliet Miranda gut the sacred cow? I have a feeling this is going to cause some controversy. So I'm not, oh. looking forward to, I'm not looking forward to saying what I'm going to say, but I, I think she did. I think she got got this one. First of all, mostly because I agreed with everything she said. But I think when you when you really tear this movie down, it is not the sacred cow. And I don't think she proved that necessarily this movie is an absolute piece of shit. But I think she she teared it down enough to take it off of the sacred cow pedestal that people have placed it on wise very wise phrasing and i agree if she would have went for it, this film fucking stinks actually we never asked your score fuck we just yeah. oh yeah we didn't <laughs> god damn it fuck what score would you give this juliet wow you guys are great hosts um i give it <laughs> i give it a, a a three i'll give it a three aha so you should say it sucks but you're wrong it sucks but it has like Merit. you said a successful score score there's or whatever any, it is there's hardly I mean, there's hardly any music in this there's nothing except the actual natural sound they did that three. right so oh. three three boy do i want to give her the credit or do, I, or do we go to an audience vote i'm 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 fine with the audience vote but i will lobby viciously on your behalf julia oh thank you I'm feeling sadistic. Audience vote it is. <laughs> ooh, ooh, this sounds terrifying. <laughs> the audience shall decide. I'm, I'm really half in half. No, you make, you make great points. So that's, that's all joking aside. You make great points for sure. Is it completely gutted? Boy, it's, it, if it doesn't get to a, at least an urgent care, uh, it's going to die. But how, you know, if it gets to the hospital, it could be patched up. It did, you didn't cut the femoral, the carotid arteries. It's got a chance. But if I love how far we've taken this analogy. I know, I know, right? <laughs> if he's got health care, but like good health care, the kind with no copay. If, he, he's probably- yeah. if he's got Obamacare, that cow is fucking no, he's gone. Yeah, oh, please. You got some, listen, Neosporn and a Band-Aid ain't going to fix this. 
audience vote it is. Juliet Miranda, tell the fine folks what you're up to and where we can find you. All right. Well, I host the Unwritable Rant podcast, which is actually on hold right now because I'm working on my second book, which will be done hopefully by December. And it is a young adult novel about a teenage witch. Nothing like Sabrina. I was going to say the Berenstain Bears go to which where? Where are they going this time? (laughs) They're going to hell. (laughs) Look for that. And when will the book be released? Any idea yet? Um, let's see. My agent thinks if everything goes right, probably by springtime. Awesome. Sweet. I thought it was called the Berenstein Bears visit Orlando and break beds. (laughs) Excellent. That's, that's the sequel. (laughs) The Berenstein Bears get tossed out of Epcot. Kevin Israel. How about you, sir? Uh, KevinIsrael.com for all my upcoming dates. Uh, comedy's filling in pretty good. And I realized a couple weeks ago that my calendar was actually completely inactive on my website. So for the past almost two years that we've been doing this podcast, I've been lying to you all. You can't go to my website and find it. But now you can. <laughs> now you can. And it works and it's up to date. So uh, go check it out. And also, please leave us a review and a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. We are, we're seeing awesome growth. I think Kevin will agree. Insane. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's wow. been really, really good. And the summer, which I would normally have thought, but we've already proven that we don't know anything about how this works, but uh, <laughs> I thought the summer was going to be slow, but we grew over the summer. We're continuing to grow. And it's only because of your effort, your love, your adoration and y- your reviews. So help us out. Yes, that's wow. uh, that was very well said. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. The last month has been it's strat- well for us stratospheric. Joe Rogan, move the fuck over. No, KevinGoatee.com for NFL picks. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see my daughter eating dessert on Sunday mornings as I give my NFL picks. As you tape this, twelve and six against the spread. That's pretty goddamn good. KevinGoatee.com for the written out uh, picks. My dates will be on my calendar as well. Right now, I have one September 30th in uh, some brewery in Long Island. Follow me and you'll find out. Gutting the Sacred Cow. Please find us on YouTube. Subscribe. Turn off the notifications. I don't give a shit. We just need to get to that monetization number. We're getting close. Tell your friend, tell a fan, tell tell your cousin, tell your uh, your employees, whoever, that Gutting the Sacred Cow is the best goddamn movie podcast there is, and there's no one who's going to tell us otherwise. Joy Miranda, we love you. We love your awesome husband. Awesome as always. Always no. as awesome. Why you're here again. We love you. We love your husband as well. Well, you and, know, we love you. Oh, my heart flutters. Or is that, uh, am I having arrhythmia of my heart? Just kidding. I think Kevin. It's the bourbon. <laughs> it's only it's been, the bourbon. Oh, it's so delicious. We love you. Thank you so much yet again for coming on, Julia. Thanks again. We will talk to you all later. Aloha. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.